So this sales funnel is going to be turning leads into buying customers while you sleep. This is the beauty of it. So this is why I recommend that every business everyone and yes it can work for every single business no matter what thing you're doing a sales funnel can work for you Hello and welcome to the Copy Lab podcast, the marketing and business podcast that teaches you how to write better, sell more, and ignite your business even if you suck at writing. I'm your host, Sarah Estes, entrepreneur, copywriter, marketing strategist, and founder of Copy Tiger, where I help change makers, disruptors, and dreamers get their message to the masses. Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Copy Lab. As always, I'm super excited to be here with you. Today's episode is interesting. We're going to be diving into sales funnels. And if you're not sure what a sales funnel is, that's totally okay. This is a perfect place to start. We're going to break it down and make it really clear. Sales funnels can be kind of a rabbit hole because, sure, they can be very complex. And there's, you know, a lot of people who do a lot of different things related to sales funnels, and you can make them as complex as you want them to be. But if you are a business and you don't yet have your marketing in a place where you want it, or maybe you don't even really have marketing for your business, a simple sales funnel is a great place to start. But of course, you need to know what's what does that entail? So today we're going to talk about the very simple five steps of a basic sales funnel. So we're going to go through each one and what you're going to need for those steps. And after this, you'll be able to build your own sales funnel for your business. Or if you're a copywriter or marketer, you'll be able to understand the very simple steps of a sales funnel. But before we dig into that, let's talk about this week's hot goss. So the hot goss this week is that I have been digging into a new course from Kevin Rogers and Joshua Lee Henry called The World of Financial Copywriting. Now, I love working with coaches and thought leaders and people who are doing, you know, high-end coaching and masterminds and things like that. That is my niche. But something that really interests me is financial copy. So a lot of you probably don't know this about me, but I really love the world of finance. So whether that's personal finance, stocks, crypto, all of it, I've had periods of obsession with certain parts of the market. And it's just something that's really fun for me to study. I grew up without any sort of financial education whatsoever. So in my early 30s is when I took my financial education up as a kind of a hobby. I mean, it was a priority, but really it became kind of a, an obsession hobby of learning how to invest, learning learning what all the different financial terms were. And I really sunk my heels into it and not only got my financial life in order, but just learned a lot about the different sectors and stock markets and different types of retirement accounts and all of that. And I really fell in love with it. So it's super fun for me to write about. And I'm interested in writing some financial copy. It's a little bit different of a world than some of the other parts of copywriting and marketing. So I've been having loads of fun digging into that course. And if you you happen to be interested in financial copy, you should go check it out. Joshua Lee Henry is a copywriter, a financial copywriter at Banyan Hill. And there are a few 
um, major financial publications. And what's cool is that Copy Chief, which is the organization that this course comes from, has a lot of really great copywriters as its members who kind of offer advice in the course and all that good stuff. So that's something that I've been pursuing a little bit here and there. So I'll keep you updated on how it goes or if I decide to dive into financial copywriting at some point. Right now, I'm going to stick with coaches and thought leaders because that is where my heart is and that is what inspires me so deeply. So we're sticking there. But, you know, it's always fun to keep learning and keep exploring different parts of your profession. So whatever you do, like what's the harm in seeing um you know, different types of avenues and different things. I'm a lifelong learner and huge believer in learning new skills and pursuing things that pique your curiosity, even if it doesn't go anywhere. I think all education is sort of cumulative. And even if you don't really understand how it's going to play into your future in some way, it's still good to pursue whatever intrigues you because in the end, I think it does all play a role. And building that skill set, learning new stuff, challenging your mind and, you know, kind of realizing things that you don't know is really good for anyone, especially if you're in the creative field or if you're a writer or a business owner. I think collecting all those new skills along the way can be really helpful. Of course, it can also be a crutch if you're using learning as a means to stall doing what you need to do for your business or for your life. I've ran into a couple of people who had this problem where they just kept learning and learning and learning and had a lot of trouble implementing or taking action on things because they felt like they needed to just learn more and buy the next course or go to the next seminar or, you know, meet the next teacher. And, you know, they let that keep them from starting whatever it was they were trying to start. So if you're in that boat, Shake yourself out of it and just start taking action. doesn't have to be perfect action, but if you're trying to learn a new skill, just put it into play and that will help you grow light years faster than taking another course and just continuing to build on your education. Nothing's wrong with education, but at some point you have to start the action portion of learning. It's mandatory. All right, let's jump in to the wonderful world of sales funnels. Like I said, there are so many ways to approach sales funnels and all different kinds of maps of sales funnels that you will come across, but I'm really going for the most basic version of this. So what is a sales funnel? A sales funnel is basically the journey that a customer goes on when they first discover your brand. So when they first see you, whether it is through an ad or through your content on social media or maybe a keynote that you've given and people are going into your funnel that way, there are many different ways that people will enter your sales funnel. And this just means that this is their first contact with your brand. And what the sales funnel is going to do, it's going to help them progress step by step all the way to buying from you. And yeah, this is a step by step process. Most brands can't just turn someone who first sees them into a customer immediately. Um, There's a lot of research that shows that people need at least this is like bare minimum, seven instances of exposure to your brand or your offer before they consider buying. 
So think about that when it comes to marketing or sending emails. People always worry about sending emails and like bothering their customers. But if people need to see something at least seven times to buy, yeah, you got to be emailing them. So the sales funnel is designed to fully accept that process and that fact and take your customers along a journey that is going to build trust and help them come to know you and be comfortable with you and eventually be really excited about giving you their money. So it's important that you understand the point of a sales funnel and understand that it is meant to bring customers from the very first moment of awareness all the way to the buying phase while you are doing other stuff. This is the beauty of a sales funnel is that it is hands off. It's automated. So you aren't having to usher and escort and hold someone's hand all the way through this, it's it's working while you sleep. So this sales funnel is going to be turning leads into buying customers while you sleep. This is the beauty of it. So this is why I recommend that every business, everyone, and yes, it can work for every single business, no matter what thing you're doing, a sales funnel can work for you. So that's why it is very important. The parts of the sales funnel that we are going to talk about, I'm going to run through them real quick and then we'll break them down afterwards. So the first step is going to be a great brand hook. The second step is a website. The third step is a lead magnet. The fourth step is a nurture email sequence. And the fifth step is a sales email sequence. So those are the five parts of a sales funnel. And let's break down each one of these so you can learn how to implement this into your business. So the first step of a great sales funnel is for you to have a brand hook. And what a brand hook is, is basically your ability to describe what you do, who you do it for, and what kind of results you get for those people. That is your brand hook. If you can't say what you do in one or two sentences, honey, you're in trouble. So what you really need to be able to explain in a very concise statement is the problem that your customers have, how you help them solve it, and the results that they're going to see afterwards. So if you don't have it, it's basically an elevator pitch for your business. Whatever business you have, whether you have a massive company or you're just a freelancer, you need to have this nailed down. It's going to save you in your marketing. It's going to save you when you're networking, and it's going to help you get in touch with your mission and stay in alignment with your goals as well. So that's the first step that we want to have in a sales funnel. So the way we are going to write the brand hook is first you need to describe what problem you solve for your customer. And sure, maybe you solve all kinds of different problems, but you want to get very specific about the main problem that people are dealing with before they come to you. And if you don't know what that problem is, you need to do some research. You can do this in a few ways. You can ask your customers, your current customers who bought from you, or maybe even go to your ideal customers, the ones that you love the most that you would love to just clone and bring back to your business over and over again, and ask them, hey, what's what problem were you struggling with before you hired me or before you bought from me? And see what they say, because that can really help you narrow narrow down your marketing message and you can also use their words in your marketing. I think this is one of the most powerful things to do is to use the voice of customer data, meaning 
use their voice, use the words that they say to describe their problems and mirror that back to them. So when you're asking these questions and when you're interviewing your customers or talking to them about what their problems are, pay very close attention to how they word their problem and try and use that or incorporate that into your marketing. It could be really helpful. All right, so let's use an example here. So we're gonna use a non-toxic cleaning service for this purpose. So we're gonna create a brand hook for them. So here's how they are going to articulate the problem their customers are facing. Homeowners want a clean space, but they're concerned about the impact of harsh chemicals. And that's it, right? Their customer base, their homeowners, and they are having trouble finding a cleaning service that doesn't use toxic cleaning products like bleach or all the other kinds of mainstream cleaning products that have all kinds of chemicals. Say maybe someone in their house is sick or they have a pregnant person living in the home or anything like that. They just want a complete non-toxic suite of products that their cleaning service is using. So the cleaning service is going to state that very clearly. Clearly. So that way they're calling out the people who are looking for them. Now, the second part of the brand hook is you want to talk about how you solve that problem. So you're going to state the problem and then immediately say how you solve it. And again, you want this to be clear and simple. You may do all kinds of things to solve their problem, but we don't want to go into every little detail. This is really just about creating something that's simple and easy to understand. So for our non-toxic cleaning service, let's call them Green Clean. Um, here's what they're going to say the solution is. So Green Clean offers non-toxic cleaning products that leave your home spotless and safe. All right, so now we've got the problem and we've got the solution. So the problem, homeowners want a clean space but are concerned about the impact of harsh chemicals. Green Clean offers non-toxic cleaning products that leave your home spotless and safe. So even just that is pretty good, to be quite honest. But the way that we really make this sink in is the third element. And the third element is going to be the results, the transformation, that big shift that customers see after they buy your product or use your service or interact with you. So in the case of Green Clean, our example what they're going to emphasize is that homeowners get peace of mind. They know that this cleaning service is going to be using super safe, non-toxic products, and it's going to allow them to calm down. So it's that peace of mind, and they're going to end up with a healthier living environment overall. So that is what we're going to use as the results. And that's what people are really looking for. And so when you're thinking about the transformation or those results that your clients are seeing, ask yourself, what are they truly looking for in that? So, you know, for example, maybe you have a financial services company and you end up helping people make money. Ask yourself, what is the real thing that they get once they have that money? Is it more security? Is it freedom? What are they really looking for? And that's what you want to use at, in your result or as your transformation. So go kind of one step beyond and think about what they're truly wanting and truly achieving using your product. All right, so let's put it all together. For Green Clean, here is their brand hook. 
Homeowners want a clean space, but they're concerned about the impact of harsh chemicals. Green Clean offers non-toxic cleaning products that leave your home spotless and safe, giving you peace of mind and a healthier living environment. There we go. So that's all it needs to be. But here's the thing. If you don't have a brand hook, if you can't easily say what you do, the problem you solve, how you solve it, the results people get, if you can't say that in one or two sentences, then you're kind of in trouble when it comes to marketing. So, and remember, it doesn't have to be anything long. Again, we want to keep this at one or two sentences. This doesn't need to be some long paragraph describing all the stuff. But this is the cornerstone of your marketing and messaging. So that's why I start the sales funnel at this point. Because if you can't narrow this down, then you're not going to be able to be coherent and cohesive and have a really solid messaging throughout your website, throughout your email sequence and all of that. So let's start with this, nail down your brand hook, and then we can move on to step two of the funnel. So step two is a website that actually drives sales. So your website needs to be set up to bring people through your funnel. So whenever they find you and they land on your website, we are going to direct them and we're going to tell them exactly what they need to do through very clear calls to action and very clear messaging. So most websites get their messaging all wrong, unfortunately most business websites anyway. And one of the main things that they're doing wrong is they're talking all about themselves. And this can be really dangerous because when your customers land on your website, all they want to know is what you can do for them. So they're actually not interested in all of your credentials, all of your awards, everything you've done, all the cool stuff you do for them. It's not about you. Even though you think that, oh, my website should be this showcase of everything I've done and my portfolio and all this stuff. No, your website should be all about your customers. So we want to start with clearly empathizing with and identifying your customers' problems. So you want to have a homepage that and this is similar to the brand hook, which is why we needed it. You want a homepage that talks about your customer's problem and then shows how you create a solution or how you offer a solution. And then you want to tell them exactly what they need to do to get that solution. So this is really important. If your website is not actually bringing in leads or bringing in sales, then you've got a problem. And it might be the most beautiful looking website, but honestly, it does not matter how it looks if it isn't doing the job. And this is something that people really underestimate about websites is they don't realize how important the copy is. And when it comes to a website, the copy is basically everything. I mean, it's important for you to have good message or good images and all of that, but without the right messaging, it's not going to go anywhere. So I highly recommend getting really great copy on your website before you worry about the design. Because here's the thing, if it's ugly, but the copy's great, you're still going to make money. But if it's beautiful and the copy's bad, you're not going to make money. So it is really, really important. So let's talk about what your website should do. What your website needs to do is to identify your customer's problem, and then you want to show them how you've built the perfect solution 
to this problem. And you're going to make it really easy and really simple. Another thing that businesses do a lot of the times that kind of messes up their website is they make it too complicated. They try and show off a little bit about all they know and everything that they're going to do for you. And really what they end up doing is just confusing their customer and making them want to leave because it just seems like too much or it seems like a huge headache. So whatever your service is, let's say, again, let's use our green clean company. So on their website, they don't want to go into all of the science and talk about every single one of the non-toxic products they use and bring in all of this stuff. They don't want to make it a headache for people or say that we have 100 million choices that you can choose from when it comes to products and all of this stuff. They want to make it very simple and very easy for people to understand what they do. So maybe they break it down into just like a very simple three-step plan where they say, you sign up for our service, we clean your home with high-quality non-toxic products, and number three, you get to enjoy a healthy, toxin-free home. So we're not making it complicated. The other thing you want on your website is very clear CTAs. So the CTA is the button that is telling people what to do next. So maybe it's buy now, maybe it's order now, maybe it's apply here, whatever the call to action is that is going to take someone to that next step of buying your product or service, you want to make sure that that button is repeated throughout the page. What you don't want to do is create all kinds of CTA buttons, vary them up, make them really different so that people don't really know if they should choose this button or that button and they think that maybe they all do different things. You want to have one button, one text, and have that repeated down throughout the page. All right, the third part of the sales funnel is going to be a lead magnet. Now, a lead magnet is going to be just a simple PDF that your visitors to your website can download. And what they're going to do is they're going to download that in exchange for their email address. Now, your lead magnet can technically be anything of value that your customers want. Most people start with a PDF because it's super cheap to produce. And it's usually digestible enough that people can get a quick win from that information. But of course, you can do all kinds of other things. You can create a video or an audio training. You can do a quiz. You can have a free sample of something. You can have a free trial. There are endless things that you could do for your lead magnet. But I'm going to recommend if you're just starting off, do a simple PDF. And what you want that PDF to do is to bring in what we call qualified leads. It's not okay if your PDF say, all right, we're going to we're going to keep going with the green clean example. So we've got our non-toxic cleaning service. If they have, say, I don't know, maybe the owner also loves to cook and she's a baker. So she has this green clean product service, but she also really loves recipes and healthy cooking. If she has a lead magnet, maybe she wants to do like 10 healthy recipes. Here's the thing. If she wants to create that and give that for free on her website, and believe me, I have seen businesses that have very random lead magnets. And here's why that's a problem. Even if you're thinking like, oh, my customers are health conscious. So if they like healthy cleaning products, they're probably going to like healthy foods. So of course, these go together and they complement each other. No, they don't. And I'm going to explain why. A qualified lead is someone who is very likely to buy your product or service. So the problem that happens with a free recipe 
is that that might that person we don't necessarily know that they're looking for a home cleaning service right so maybe they're just going to say they stumble across that lead magnet when they download it they might just really be looking for cooking suggestions or you know meal planning suggestions for their home which is great but that doesn't mean that they're looking to buy home cleaning services what you want to do is you want to have your lead magnet be a question or a problem that only someone who wants to buy your services would be interested in. So for Green Clean, we would want to have a lead magnet that only people who are looking for a cleaning service for their home or are interested in non-toxic cleaning products, we want to create something that will be very interesting and of value to them. And not only does the lead magnet need to provide value for your potential customers, but it also needs to set you up as the authority in your space. So we want it to showcase that you know what you're talking about, right? That you are an authority here, that you're an expert. You're the go-to expert in this particular niche or subject matter. So for example, with Green Clean, a great lead magnet for them might be the top 10 non-toxic products you can use to clean your home. So what this is going to do is it's going to show that Green Clean knows their products, here's what they're using or what they recommend, and if the person and if the person who downloads that lead magnet likes what they see, if they're like, yes, these products are great, this company knows exactly what to do, these are the products that I would use, or these are some of the products that I use, and maybe you throw in a couple new ones or different ones that they didn't know about, if all of that aligns, they're going to be even more comfortable with buying from you. So that's what you want to do with your lead magnet. You want to make it strategic. You want to make sure that your buyers are going to be interested in that lead magnet. Now, the fourth step of your funnel is going to be a nurture email sequence. You've Put your lead magnet on your website and people can download it. So they're giving you their email address in exchange for that free, very valuable PDF or whatever you have. And so now you have their email address. So the question is, what do you do with that email address? Most people, as we mentioned before, when they first come in contact with your brand, they aren't ready to buy most likely. Some of them will be, and if they are, that's great. Let them let them do it. But what we want to have in place is a nurture sequence for the people who aren't ready to buy yet. And don't take offense to that. If they aren't ready to buy, that's completely normal. And that's actually psychologically pretty sane and good. People need to get to know you a little bit. They need to know what you're about. Now, more than ever, people are more skeptical of brands and they are doing more value-based purchases. So they want to know that a brand is aligned with them, They that a brand has a cool personality, they're doing good things in the world, they have great customer service, and that they're really building long-term relationships. People want that. So what you're going to do is once you get that email address from them, you want to be able to send them nurture emails. And what nurture emails are essentially is just a really quick little hello in an inbox. These are going to be complete value add emails, meaning you're going to give them tips or if you're a food blog, maybe you're giving them recipes 
Or if you're a creator, you're sending them the latest content you've created. Maybe if you're creating a podcast or a YouTube channel, you're emailing them the videos that you just put out. It's just total value for them. So you're not asking for any sale. All you're doing is communicating with them on a regular basis and you're keeping yourself top of mind. And yes, this is important. Even if, this is an interesting thought that people sometimes have a hard time wrapping their heads around. Even if that person deletes every single email you send them for, say, you've got, you know, 12 nurture emails and they don't read any of them, they're still seeing your name pop up in their email inbox. They're probably reading the subject line, but even just keeping your name at the top of their mind, when they are ready to buy, you'll be first of mind. So they may not be interested in your cleaning service right now. They're just not there. They were for a minute, but they're just not anymore. But the next time that that comes around and they're like, oh man, okay, now it's time. Now I really do want a cleaning service. If you have been emailing them and keeping in touch saying hi, that is going to help them be able to trust you and they're going to come to you first. So that's why we want to make sure that we have these email nurture sequences in place. It's going to help your customers get to know you, come to like you, and ultimately trust you. So for example, the Green Clean service might send a toxin-free tip of the day to their email list. And what that's going to be is it's just going to be a quick little tip of maybe something that an ingredient or a particular item in their home that may be toxic, and they're going to suggest a replacement for that. So some kind of non-toxic replacement. Maybe it's going to be about a candle that has a particular toxic fragrance in it. Some candles have not great chemicals in them that burn, and they might suggest a replacement candle that is completely non-toxic. So something like that. And what's what? that is going to do is it's going to hopefully interest their customers. So their customers are going to open up those emails and read them every day, every week, however long you are whatever frequency you are communicating with them. And they are going to start to trust you as a company. All right, the fifth and final step of your sales funnel is going to be a sales sequence. So while we've nurtured the customers, we've given them tons, we've given them tons of value through that lead magnet, which was an incredibly helpful PDF. And then we gave them all the nurture emails with additional tips, tricks, and little things that help them out. Now we're going to ask for the sale. And this is something that you cannot shy away from. Okay, we are businesses and we are here to make money. Otherwise, we don't survive. And most people are going to expect an offer. So you want to make sure that you've got a sales sequence in place that gives people the chance to buy from you. And this is something that I think it's really important to have the correct mindset about. I was talking with a friend of mine and we were discussing this and I thought it was really interesting, but you are essentially doing a disservice to your customer or to your audience if you have a product, if you know that or you have a product or service that you know will solve their problem and you're not doing everything in your power to get that into their hands, right? And actually there's a really beautiful podcast episode that Ed Milette tells this story and it's just absolutely heartbreaking, but it is about when he sold life insurance and um, he was selling, he 
he was talking to a couple, this man and woman, and they didn't really want to buy. And he was like, okay, fine. He just didn't really try that hard. They said no, and he just didn't make much of an attempt to convince them to get the life insurance policy. And the next day or something, I might butcher this story, but this is the gist of it. The next day, the parents die in a car accident, and they had two kids. And those kids were left with absolutely nothing to survive on. And Ed Milet never let himself live it down. He felt so much guilt and so much remorse for not pushing harder to get those parents to get the life insurance policies that would have set their kids up for life after their death. So that's something I, it gives me chill bumps actually like talking about it right now, but it's just this idea that if your product or service can help somebody, like try to sell it to them, try and make sure they have it. It's not doing you're not bothering them. Sometimes we need an extra push to understand what exactly we need in our lives, right? I mean, maybe there's a critical uh, medicine or there's a really great food that we should be eating because it would make us so much more healthy or there's something that we need to know or have or, you know, introduce into our lives that would make our lives so much better. And sometimes we just need a bit of convincing. You know, I think human beings are creatures of habit and we tend to just stick with what we know and not really change a lot. And it does take a lot to break through the mold of convincing us to try something else. But that doesn't make it bad and that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do that. If you know that your product is better than so many others out there for so many reasons, you are doing the world a disservice by not making that very clear to everybody and getting people to try your product or service. So, all right, that's the end of my rant, but it's just, I want people to stop being afraid to sell their stuff, especially when it's going to change people's lives. And yes, I believe that all of you out there have something inside of you, whether you are an entrepreneur or maybe you're a creator or an artist or a chef or whatever you do that you have a way to make people's lives better if you were willing to sell it the right way. And I think a lot of businesses lose a lot of money or leave a lot of money on the table because they're afraid to sell to people. So this final step of the sales funnel is extremely important. So your sales sequence is going to be where you make that offer and you are going to answer all of your customers' problems. So the sales email only needs to be about five or six emails. That's it. But you're going to overcome all of their objections and you're going to ease their doubts. So you want to think about what your customers, what might be keeping them from buying? What are they hesitating on? What are they maybe suspicious about? And you want to address all of those things in your sales email sequence. What you're going to do is you're going to turn those interested people who are all now liking your brand and they know what you're all about, and you're going to turn them into really happy customers. That's the goal of the sales email. All of these parts of your funnel should connect very smoothly to each other. So it should be just like a little chain that people don't even realize they're going down. You've set it up to be so streamlined that they download that lead magnet, they start getting those nurture emails, they start getting those sales emails, and they are a customer before they even know it. And again, like we said before, you don't have to do anything in this process. It is set to automate and to do this 
all day long, whether it's a holiday or a weekend, you are making money through this process while you sleep. And that is the beauty of it. Now, what happens if you have certain problems in your funnel? So what you want to make sure that you do is test every piece. So you want to run through it multiple times so that you know that the emails are being delivered correctly, that everything makes sense. Sometimes when you're piecing these things together, you can't see where the gaps are until you actually experience the entire automation yourself. So you want to... Um, on a very regular basis, go through your website, download that PDF, get those emails, and then go through that purchasing process as a test whenever you can. And if you find that people aren't buying and you've got this funnel set up, start tracking the data. You should start doing this from the beginning. Um, look at your numbers. See where people are dropping off. So is it that people are downloading the lead magnet, but they aren't really opening your sales emails. So maybe the open rates are really low and they're not getting those. So what you might want to do then is you might want to tweak the subject lines of your emails, let's say, and see if that helps. So you want to do all kinds of testing depending on where people are falling off. So maybe your problem is that nobody's downloading your lead magnet. So they're coming to your website, you get all these all this traffic to your website, but no one's downloading the lead magnet. That might mean that you have a problem with the lead magnet. Maybe it's not the right topic and you should reevaluate and go back to the drawing board with your lead magnet. So there are all, you know, there are different spots that you want to evaluate, but if you're not tracking the numbers, if you're not actually looking at the data, then you're never going to know what's wrong. There's a saying that I really love about testing these funnels, and the saying is test the forest, then the trees, test the branches, then the leaves. So what that means is that you don't want to get hung up on the leaves, which is like, you know, a sentence in one of your emails or something really tiny. That's probably not the problem or like a color of a button or something like that. You know, there are so many little things that you can change, obviously, in on your website and your funnels and your emails. But you really want to test the forest first, meaning test the biggest stuff. Look at where people are falling off, what in the chain is not performing the way you want, and tweak that stuff before you start tweaking all of the small details in your funnel. Real quick, a couple of common mistakes that I want you to avoid when you're building the simple sales funnel the first one is don't make things too complicated. Remember, simplicity is everything when it comes to your messaging, your flow of the sales funnel, it doesn't need to be fancy to be really fruitful. So make sure that you're keeping your website simple, your emails simple, your lead magnet is simple. Everything needs to be concise and clear so that no one gets confused in the process. And you also wanna make sure that every step of the way, you are addressing your customers' problems. That's always what they want to be hearing about. They always want to know that you are empathizing with them, that you understand what they're going through. So remember to keep the customer's problem at the forefront of all of your messaging. All right, so that is going to wrap up our episode on a simple sales funnel. I hope that was helpful. And 
If you are a business and you don't have a sales funnel in place, you need to get one ASAP. This is going to increase your revenue. You are going to see a boost in sales if you have this in place. Of course, if you need any help doing that, that is what I do. I make sales funnels. I love creating sales funnels for people like you. So hit me up at copytiger.com. And if you aren't on my newsletter, please sign up for that. It is copytiger.com forward slash newsletter. You'll get weekly emails and reminders when this podcast comes out so you never miss an episode. It's a weekly inbox party that you don't want to miss. And of course, like and follow this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, the right words can help you make a huge difference in the world. So keep writing. I'll see you in the next episode. 